episode 13, we're doing things in an extremely bootleg uh, way today because Spencer, who, if you're listening, I'm extremely mad at you, stole uh, some of our podcast equipment. So I currently have a microphone in my hand and a pop filter attached to a bottle of bourbon uh, in an effort to make this sound like a podcast. Um, My apologies if it doesn't. Uh, Right, so it's our nearly weekly podcast. We've been away for two weeks um, where we discuss all things insufferable, unbearable, and aggravating. I am Laura Kleinschmidt. Uh, You may know me from this podcast. Um, Spencer's not here, like I said, uh, but I'm joined by my dear friend, uh, Sam Siegel. Hi, Sam. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, Sam and I went to the DNC together last week. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But um, I sort of wanted to preface all of this by saying that, uh, you know, Spencer and I tend to avoid talking about politics on the podcast because we uh, just think it's sort of a tricky arena to involve ourselves in. Um, We sort of have often tried to be a bit funnier and a bit less serious. Um, I also think that, like, in order to sort of really truly talk about politics with any sort of you know seriousness you have to be extremely caught up with what the fuck is going on i do not think that i have that going for me but i do think that i'm probably a bit more equipped to discuss this kind of stuff after having been to both conventions and the beauty of this horrific election that has been terrible and depressing is that i have uh, realized that Sam, who's with me, is hugely political and actually does know what he's talking about, which is such a nice relief. So, um, as everybody knows, I went to the RNC with my delegate father. Um, delegate I, of what? Of He was a Trump delegate from okay. New York State. <laughs> and I, um, yeah, it was a crazy experience. I wrote about it, and then I read what I wrote about it on this podcast. So, I'm not going to go over that again. I think maybe we'll talk about it a little bit when I I want to talk about the differences between the conventions because they were vast. Uh, but sa- but while I was writing, this is actually pretty funny. While I was writing about the RNC, um, I didn't write about Ted Cruz, and I was waiting for somebody to call me out on that, um, and nobody did until I got a text from Sam Siegel, and he was like, "What the fuck, man? Like, why didn't you mention?" this moment that was like a huge moment at the convention. Well, on the other side, I'm that was the highlight of the convention for me. Somebody that finally didn't endorse Donald Trump. So so basically (laughs) what happened was that for for those who live under a rock and don't watch the news, of which I assume if you listen to this podcast, you're probably one of them. Um, Ted Cruz got up at the Republican National Convention and told people to vote their conscience and he didn't endorsed Donald Trump and then he was met by tons and tons of booze people were extremely angry he w- I heard he wasn't allowed to, uh, he went up to the Sheldon Adelson suite which is a big Republican donor mm-hmm. and he wasn't allowed inside the doors of the suite apparently really yes multiple sources have confirmed that really yeah and also I think you saw something where like his family had to get ushered out his his security. wife had to get ushered out I didn't see uh, I think Ted Cruz Ted Cruz went off to, you know, stage left or whatever afterwards, <laughs> and she was somehow in Heidi. the crowd. Yeah, Heidi was in the crowd, and yeah, she had security escorting her out, not dragging her out, but escorting her out. You yeah. and I talked about this a little bit in Philadelphia at the DNC, but I think you and I have differing opinions on the way that he 
conducted himself there. Well, I don't really have an opinion. I think your I think your opinion. Let me say this. I think your opinion is more conservative, yeah. serving to the to the Republican side. Right. I think my opinion is, ha ha, that right. was great. Because see, this is my opinion. I am, as as an objective viewer of that moment, of which I really am. I'm totally objective throughout this whole thing because I just can't be fucked to pick a side. Definitely. Um, I think that it was just dumb of him. I think he did a stupid thing. I think that if he was not going to endorse Donald Trump, which by all means he shouldn't have, then he also shouldn't have attended. He should have done what John Kasich did, and he should have said, I'm not going to come. That would have been statement enough. Instead, what he did is he took up primetime television to self-serve, and the problem with that is that while it may have impressed a handful of people on the left who were like Ted Cruz did the right thing those people were never ever going to vote for him anyway ever and so what he ended up doing was he he alienated himself from the Republican Party and I I think he committed political suicide I think he did a dumb thing for himself like I don't give a shit whether or not he what he did for the GOP that doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me what he did for himself either I just think it was an idiotic move well the only the only way that I could see it being political suicide quote unquote is and this is how it looks like right now is uh, if the election is extremely close if the right. election is extremely close it, and obviously if Trump wins then that will be you know even more of a shit storm for Ted Cruz but it, the, he's uh, they have to think that the Republicans are going to lose by a little bit. Even if uh, they lose by a little bit, they'll still think Donald Trump's way was the way to go. If he lo- if they lose by a lot, then Cruz will look more of like a, a prophet, more of a right. foreshadower. Hey, this was bound to happen. I told you guys you should have listened to me. If he loses by a large amount, I don't see that happening. I don't think I don't think Trump will win, but I think it will be close enough for them to say it was anybody's guess. You didn't make right. any calls. Screw you. Right. You know. Right. Um, was there anything else that happened at the RNC that that disturbed you or tickled you? I mean, uh, it feels like a million years ago to me, even though it was two weeks ago. Like, I, the only thing I can think of that maybe I didn't write about was I thought that I thought that Donald Jr. Uh, was like s- sort of impressive, actually. And I think that Ivanka was impressive. Like the whole Ivanka thing, was very impressive. She was impressive, she's, right? She's scary. If you want to talk about what yeah. was alarming, it was alarming how good she was, honestly. Yeah. Because she talked a lot about liberal issues in terms of you know women's Wage rights, inequality. you know, yeah. yeah, like things. Just you know, she she talked about a lot of things that they would say, oh, that should have been on a DNC stage, but uh, and she looked hot. She looked great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Did you see the way that Donald Trump like touched her hips when he came out? Yes, I did see that, but. <laughs> You know, I I I think a lot of this gets blown out of proportion. Like, she she's in hot water though this week. Did you see why? So actually, I don't know if it's her, or if it's Eric, the vampire of the Trump family. I didn't see. So um, you know Gretchen Carlson of Fox News, uh-huh. the whole Roger Ailes Ailes scandal. Yeah. Roger Ailes got uh, ousted from Fox News, which is like completely insane. It is crazy. Um, my mother sued News Corp a couple years ago because they. They wrongfully fired her, and she won. So I have beef with News Corp and Rupert Murdoch and Fox or Roger Ailes. Yeah. Anyway, who doesn't have beef doesn't with have Rupert beef Murdoch? With <laughs> so Eric Trump 
said some crazy shit. I think it was Eric Trump. This is what I'm talking about. Like when you talk about these things, yeah. you better fucking come correct or else people <laughs> are like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. But I, so I, let me say, I'm not positive that this is what happened, but I think this is what happened. Eric Trump said something along the lines of, you know, my, my sister Ivanka would never stay in a workplace where she was getting harassed because she's a strong woman. Uh, implying, I, didn't, I heard about implying that. Implying yes. that the women who accused Roger Ailes for 20 years of harassing them were not strong women because they stayed in a place where they were allegedly being harassed. They said something along the lines of she wouldn't have taken that or she wouldn't have yeah, taken yeah, yeah. that. You know? Yeah, she wouldn't have taken that. Yeah, like, Eric Trump is a vampire and <laughs> has extremely white teeth. And also, like, it must suck to be Eric Trump. Speaking of, just going back quickly to the Ted Cruz thing, did you see the, the, the photo of, of uh, the Trump family when he was when they finally when Republicans finally this is why it was so funny because they waited for 20 minutes expecting an endorsement they were praising him the entire time and then I guess 20 21 minutes through they were like wait this guy is definitely not going to endorse and they shifted over the cameras to the to the Trump family and they all walked in they're all well no no this is when they're actually like watching the end and they're all pissed off and Trump Jr. looks like he's about to go on a rampage like yeah he he looks like a murderer he, he's, he reminds me of American Psycho, that he guy. He totally yeah. reminds me of American Psycho. <laughs> okay, let's get to the DNC, which we actually um, went to together, sort of. We, we overlapped while we, we were there. We were near. We were near each other. I'm going to tell you why I went. I went because I wrote those pieces about the, D- or the RNC, and when people were like, in, in Cleveland, people were like, oh, are you going to be in Philly? Or are you going to be in Philly? All these media people that like these poor people who have to do this, all, this kind of shit all the time. It's like... It's a blessing for me that I can drop in and out because I don't have a full-time job and I host a fucking podcast that nobody listens to. But I'm listening. You're listening and you're here. You have to be listening. Um, I was in Cleveland and people were like, right, are you going to Philly? Are you going to Philly? And I was like, no, I'm not going to Philly because I fucking hate Philadelphia, number one. Number two, I am so exhausted. I don't know how you could do another one of these. Like all people do with these things is party. It's like the craziest, most exhausting fucking shit I've ever been through in my life. Like I thought my body was going to crumble and die by the end of the RNC. Like, I, like, had a fever. It was, like, a fucking nightmare. I was, like, going to sleep and at 6 a.m. And the people keeping you up. And the people were keeping me up, and it was, like, everyone was insane. Okay? So I was, like, I can't do it again. Um, anyway, I get back to New York, and I'm bored, and I have sort of actually, like, post-convention blues, because I'd been looking forward to the RNC for, like, months. And when it was, it was kind of like when you look forward to your friend's wedding, and then your friend's wedding is over, and you're like, god damn it, like, I was looking forward to that for so long, and then it was, like, one day, and now it's done. Um, and then I found out you were going, and I was like, okay, now I have to go. And the thing is that I didn't have... I had credentials in Cleveland, so I could get into the convention. Um, I did not have credentials in shitty Philly, but uh, I just, sorry, I'm adjusting my bourbon pop filter. (laughs) Spencer stealing our equipment. Um, Anyway, that's why I went. And I know that you went for, like, I went to spectate and, like, make fun of people because that's what I like to do. Um, But I know that you went for, you know, more politically charged reasons. Did Uh, you not? Yeah, I mean, I went... There was just something that was driving me to Philadelphia. I didn't have credentials either. There was a small chance. I'm currently working with the political group, uh, the Young Turks, so there was a small chance that uh, they could have given me some credentials, but I'm just interning, and they yeah. don't, they didn't even get all of the... They, they only they said they got a handful of um, yeah. credentials in, right. so... Um, so I also was going on the plan that I probably would not get into the convention, and mm-hmm. uh, I still... I, I, I don't know. It was just... Uh, 
I didn't the whole time it was it was a little depressing to see all the sad Bernie people, but at yeah. the same time, I just what kept going through my head was I wouldn't want to be any place else because right. these are the people that uh, are on the same side as me. I you know I think I wrote you in that in that email that I sent you. You know, there's always going to be crazies. There's always going to yeah. be intelligent people. There's always yeah. on both sides of you know the protest. But at the end of the day, what drives them is that they both care about the issue, and that's sure. important. So I just really wanted to show support to care about the issue. Well, it was funny for me because I had written about this a little bit, which was that in Cleveland, you, even if you were not in it, mm-hmm. you felt very much like you were in it yeah. because it's sort of, I don't know if either of you have ever been to Cleveland, but um, it's a weird city and, and Quick and Lones Arena where the Cavs play is like right in downtown Philly. So it's yeah. it's almost as if, Madison Square Garden was right off of Union Square, like not even right off of, you know, 8th Avenue, wherever it is. Yeah. Like if it was right in sort of the heart of everything. Um, and and there was no parking lot. There was none of that shit. So like when you left the arena, you were on 14th Street, yeah. more or less, right? You were on East 4th Street in yeah. Cleveland. So even if you didn't have credentials, all the media shit was right there. There were like all these merchandise stands, all this shit, all this action, all this craziness. And it ended up feeling pretty inclusive in that way unlike philly which is when you and i got there we had decided that we were going to go down to uh check out wells fargo where the convention was and we knew that we didn't have credentials and we knew that it was a bit more isolated but it was like way more isolated than even i had thought i mean you couldn't even you couldn't get anywhere near the convention it was like a million miles away yeah it was very very far and the, the 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 overall parking lot was like, yeah felt like two miles it was hard basically sam and i took a cab with with john shallow and we like <laughs> sort of drove into this credentials line that we thought we were in the right place and we got stopped and this guy was like you have to get out of the car and get out of the parking lot because you're not allowed to be here <laughs> meanwhile you had like vodka on you yes i always <laughs> try always to keep do. drinks especially for that that for was the, very depressing <laughs> it was really depressing <laughs> so we walked over to this gate where they had uh sort of ushered us to say like if you're not getting in this is sort of where you want to be this is like where the action is and the night before there had been all of these the night before was when the big Bernie or bust movement was sort of like I was going to say the first two days was definitely from everybody that I talked to that's been there all the days they were like the first two days was the the craziest craziest. Wednesday and Thursday were not crazy yeah because I had seen videos on Twitter of the exact place that we had gone and there had been protests there the night before with Bernie people who were chanting off with her head about Hillary Clinton, which is insane and actually something we should talk about. But before I want to, to get into the serious stuff, I actually want to like be sort of funny on this podcast and talk about some of the dumb things we saw. <laughs> so here was a dumb thing we saw. We saw an alpaca. Yes. The, the that got more attention I think than anybody than that was at the back of it the It got re- more attention convention. than anything. Yeah. Um this was a man who was like walking around for farm animal rights or some shit. Yeah. It's like, here's a brilliant idea. If you're walking over farm animal rights, maybe don't bring an alpaca to the streets of Philadelphia on a day where it's 98 degrees outside. And he's like, we've been walking around all day. It's like, this alpaca's gonna die. I think think he was part of the right. I I, I, I couldn't imagine somebody, you know, in Greenpeace or, Uh you know, PETA that would be doing something like that. Oh, speaking of part of the right, I saw a gay man walking around holding an I heart Trump sign. And, like, nobody yes. seemed to even, like, look at that guy. He, 
uh, yeah, there's definitely a bunch of people. You can't. There's a bunch of people that hate Hillary, so they're, they're it's more it, protest. Didn't it sort of feel to you like the enemy at the DNC was not Donald Trump? It was Hillary. Clinton? It was Hillary. Yes, definitely. So I definitely noticed that. Yeah, I mean the Democratic Party is amazingly split, and I think that also the other thing about that specific point, because I actually have been thinking about that yeah. for a while now. That's an interesting point. Is um, is the fact that within the Democratic Party, you know, and, and just the left as a whole, when yeah. I go on when I go on Twitter, when I go on Facebook and I talk about political stuff, I hardly ever talk about Trump because I think yeah. it should be it goes without saying. I'm not right. gonna post a, a, a you know, an article of Trump saying, Oh, get the baby out of here. Like that goes <laughs> without saying he's gonna act like a jackass. Right. Like I don't need to talk about that. I think the people that actually should be held accountable and the people that I actually do agree with half of the time, not all the time, right. but half of the time right. are the Democrats. So that I think that's why people put a lot more pressure on them when people are like, why aren't you talking about Trump? It's because sure. well, also, they're never going to get anything done. You don't done. have to because everyone else is. Oh, uh, yeah. He dominates the media cycle. Exactly. So, And it also, again, goes without saying. Why yeah. are we going to – we have to talk about how wrong it is, you know, for him right. to say the jackass things he says. Right. It's, it's wrong. We know that. Let's talk <laughs> about, though – so, like, you and I saw a sign there that said RIP DNC, yes. and it said Demexit, I think, like a Brexit. Yes. sort of play Definitely on words. Definitely a lot of shirts and And I, we also met, I met, I, with you I met one person, without you I met a handful of people, Bernie people who said that they will never ever vote for Hillary Clinton and they are more likely to vote for Donald Trump if a gun was held to their head. I was there with you for that one. For that one. She that said if there was, was if there was a gun to my head, I would vote for Donald Trump. Which, which was weird because I've, I feel like the only time that she could actually admit that she would vote for Clinton would be the gun to the head. But yeah, right, right, right. even, even right. so, she did not double yeah, down on that. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's that, that's exactly the point, though. It's like <sighs> the stakes are as high as they could be. Who are you? Life or death, who are you voting for? So, yeah. the, so, the, so the strangeness with that, like, I guess that what we then sort of definitely have to discuss is like the, di the divided aspects of the party, which are really disturbing to me. And also, um, like what the what the email what the WikiLeaks email scandal did to sort of perpetuate that division, and like what that division means in the coming months, like that that's what's freaking to me. So for me, like let me put it this way: there was a period of time in my life where I thought, okay, objectively the Republicans are the bad guys and the Democrats are the good guys, and I really believed that for some time. I think now more than ever, I, I am like certain in my conviction that I'm an independent like I've never been more independent in my fucking life I can't stand either of these parties me too um, but I do th and, and and I'm completely disillusioned to the idea that Democrats are the good guys I don't I don't think that that makes the Republicans the good guys I think all of them are the fucking bad guys so you must have been as somebody who has supported Bernie Sanders quite quite passionately and for quite some time I still time. support Senator Sanders and you still support Senator Sanders just not Sanders. in the presidential yeah. bed um, but as someone who supported him quite passionately for the presidency, mm -hmm. you must have been disturbed by the the email scandal. Or was it not at all surprising to it, you? It really wasn't surprising at all. I mean, the only thing that was surprising was when they were talking about relating him to uh, uh, an atheist because right. of his Jewish religion. Because that was amazingly alarming because that's an age-old anti-Semitic trope yeah, yeah, yeah. that... Jews sure. are godless heathens. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was that was the correlation they were trying to make there. But uh, the main thing that I um, was saying to a lot of people that saw the emails that weren't as much on board that 
the DNC was favoring Clinton because I saw I've been watching this election very closely and everything that they've been doing from you know the surrogates that they put on MSNBC mm-hmm. to the debate schedules where you know they put them on the weekend so nobody would watch them and sure. you know Sanders was coming up in this election as a no name senator so sure. he needed to get more people yeah. to listen to him I, I was talking to people in February still didn't even know who Sanders was right. so wow. um, so it was so it was alarming to me that they would that they would do some of the things like the Jewish thing but as a whole it wasn't really that surprising here's my question do you think that because I don't I don't know the answer to this though I suspect I I know how you will answer this mm-hmm. my, my question is do you think that there was genuine evidence in those leaked emails to suggest that the Democratic Party had sabotaged Bernie's campaign or do you think that there was enough evidence in there to suggest that they had just favored Hillary Clinton which is against the rules which is against the rules um, yeah but that they had there was enough evidence in there to suggest that they had favored Hillary Clinton and 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 because of that sort of confirmed pre-existing paranoia that already existed among Bernie supporters do you well, see what i'm saying yeah of course it definitely confirms the existing paranoia I'd, like it I, just added fuel to a I, fire I know friends I know friends that when he endorsed her were really getting ready to say hey listen I, I can get behind him and really? in, in terms of supporting her you know and, I, and I'll do that you know for Bernie and mm-hmm. everything and then once they did that they immediately came to the defense of Bernie and said right. well it doesn't matter they, they sabotaged him whatever but if there's actually evidence of sabotaging I can't. I'm actually still looking through the emails sure. right now. I, I have an assignment with the Young Turks to look through these emails. There's so many of them. So There's many. So much chit chat. Yeah, most, <laughs> of it's, most of it's nothing. But um, but no, there is a lot of alarming things there. Uh, but the but the most important thing to me was was not only were they not doing their job, but they weren't an aide to Sanders. You're supposed right, to be on right, the same right. team. So whether right. or not they you know they didn't say anything bad about him. Okay, right. cool. But I would have loved to see emails supporting him too. Right. You know, which and, they did not do. And you know so. That was a main thing. And, you know, these guys, Sanders and Clinton are two very different candidates, too. Sanders, like I said, is a no-name senator from Vermont. Hardly anybody knew him. Clinton is arguably the most powerful politician in the world. So that's why when I say the debate schedules, people will say, oh, but she didn't get her debate time in, too. She doesn't need debate time. She's been involved in heading the country for 20 years. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) People in Zimbabwe know Clinton, (laughs) not Sanders. And so so how did you you feel about the... um, the 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 reaction both in terms of how the DNC reacted and this and the the steps that they took after the leak and how did you feel about the way that Bernie or bus people reacted and how do you feel about the way people reacted to the Bernie or bus people's reaction okay a lot of questions yeah. number number one it's all about the, this is a reaction yeah, based it, question the reaction of the DNC uh, was like did they handle that appropriately do you think well three more people uh, yesterday I don't step know if down. you saw step down the guy who did mention the stuff about uh, uh, Marshall the guy who mentioned uh, the Jewish stuff he right. was the um, uh, I think the director of finances at the by DNC. the way interesting to to point out that in spite of the fact that three major people at the DNC stepped down yesterday, that was not headline news. It wasn't. Because it wasn't at all. People were too busy talking about the fact that Donald Trump kicked a baby out of his yeah, rally. Which, which I'm, I'm not still even confused <laughs> if he actually did kick the baby. We're going to talk about. That. Yeah, yeah, I don't even understand. We're going to talk about it. But, but yeah, I, I think one of the most alarming things of the DNC that they did after that, after the events took place, was first they made Marsha Fudge 
the um the the convention chair so not yes. the head of the party chair that that, right. that uh you know debbie wasserman is also part of she was head of the convention and the party yeah. first they made just the convention marsha fudge marsha fudge there are specific times in march april even going back to february where she called for sanders to drop out this is right. ridiculous this right. woman is supposed to be neutral in the party. She's calling in in March for Sanders to drop out before New York, before everything. Just get out, get out. If he was a real Democrat, he would coalesce around Clinton. The other thing that was alarming was was Donna Brazile. And I I actually like Donna Brazile a lot. I think she's made a lot of um, you know, good points in the past. I agree with her on a lot of issues. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to go over that. But the, right. the problem is, is in one of the emails, she's talking about Jeff Weaver and and how she needs to cuss him out, and he's a damn liar. And the, you know, right. this doesn't show Sanders people who have, who are finally combing through these emails right. that you are on their side by electing just somebody that was a little less than Debbie Wasserman Schultz to the position, and they were using their power to be impartial towards Sanders. You should be hiring people that are, if not fresh new, had nothing to do with the emails. Right. Or, or not on record saying a dropout in March. So what should they have done? What should have been their reaction to this email scandal? I mean, they were, they were coming up a day later on a, the most important convention that they've had in years. Yes, definitely. And so, you know, it's, it's like, I think Debbie Wasserman Schultz stepping down was the right move. She had to go. Um, she was forced out too. She's, yeah. she, they've been calling for a resignation for months. Now right. that the emails came out, it was finally some right. substantial proof. And, yeah. and okay, so what? What then did you think of people that are Bernie or bust people? Like, what was your react? Like, I know that you and I had discussed in Philly that you understood their anger and their frustration, but there was a lot of my 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 only issue with it. I think people are entitled to their frustration they're entitled to speak their mind yada 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 Mm -hmm. but it's sort of like what we said earlier where it's like there's a common enemy here in donald trump that needs to be focused on and i think that like their this their outbursts on the convent on the convention floor were unproductive in 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 terminating the common enemy because it ended up sort of putting forth of uh this sort of vision of extreme chaos within the Democratic Party that opens up uh, a you know it opens up a gap for Donald Trump to just walk right in yeah that's sort of how I felt about it well first of all let's be clear that the you know the delegates that are in that that are at these conventions you know I know your dad wasn't one of those people but most of the time the delegates of the convention are the most rowdy people they that's are right. that's they right. are the most Invested, right. concerned. That's so, right. you know, they, they had people wearing the Peter Pan outfits. You know, right. I don't know any of my Bernie friends that would wear the Peter Pan right, outfits. Right, right. Uh, but um, so I do, th- so th- that is being said. But also, um, I think, you know, it was just uh, inconvenient time. You know, right. if this was a couple months ago, I would say, shut up. You know, we've, we, we went through this. All these guys have stepped down. I'm sure more people are also going to step down. This is just sure. yesterday. So, um, but uh yeah, I'm not the type of person that these emails change my opinion of of Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. You know, I right. still favor Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump no matter right. what, even as a mega Bernie supporter. Yeah. But um but I do think that these I think if they just held the people accountable that were in those emails and not appointed them to higher positions, right. maybe it would have made people a little more accepting of the DNC trying to do the right thing. But instead 
they appointed people that are on record. This is the, the age of the email. They act like right. they, like people can't. I searched Marsha's Fudge name in the first three. I searched Marsha Fudge and Bernie Sanders. The first couple things that came up was he needs to get out of the race. Right. This isn't what people are going to want to see. So Did you see what Donald Trump said about emails? He was like, I'm not a big fan of emails. I'm not on the emails. <laughs> I don't really use the emails. I never send them. If I do yeah. send them, I have someone else send them. But me, I'm not a fan of the emails. I don't Believe think, me, I'm not a fan. I don't think anybody in politics is going to be using no. emails. Nor I don't, should they. After this, this convention. This whole fucking election cycle has just been dominated by emails. Yeah. If I hear the word email in terms of this election one more time, I'm going to jump out of the fucking window oh of my, my podcast God. studio. Yeah. It's like, so when I was in Philly and not with you, I was at the RNC's like rapid response mm-hmm. headquarters where they were like. With Giuliani. With fucking Rudy Giuliani, my enemy, where they were um, like hosting press conferences every day with Rudy Giuliani and also doing rapid responses to things that were happening inside of the convention center. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's not, you know that like um, in Charlie Brown, that the teacher that you can never hear is like, meh, meh, yeah, meh, yeah. literally what I heard was like, meh, 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 <laughs> emails, emails, Russia, emails, emails, emails. <sighs> Hillary is a crook. Emails, emails, emails. Yeah. Trump, Russia, Russia, emails, emails. It's like, can we fucking stop talking about emails and start talking about, like, maybe what you guys are going to do when you're Real the president? Real issues. That's the, that's the problem that I have with the Republican Party is there's never, you know, you know, it would be one thing if there were Republicans that were saying we need to, you know, uh, make abortion illegal and we need to, you know, keep out immigrants and stuff like sure. that. That, you know, that rhetoric could happen on both sides. But the fact that there's no other devil's advocate, there's no yeah. other argument, they're all in agreement. That's what's going to happen. That's what needs to be done. It's ridiculous. And then it, it leads to nothing getting done. That's one of the reasons why I do like the Democratic Party is right. like, I think it's healthy for people to be questioning sure. one another and, yeah. you know, deciding. And that's how you progress, you know? Yeah, I think that that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Okay, we can't talk about the DNC without talking about uh, Kazir Khan, mm. who was, it was, is the father of, who, how do you say this guy's name? Humayun Khan? Um, I can never, I, I think Humayun, but I'm not Humayun. sure. I think yeah. that's it. Humayun Khan, who is, you know, a fucking hero yeah. who died in Operation Iraqi Freedom. He yeah. was. Uh, guarding can some I, post. Yeah. Can I just say before we get into yeah. who this guy is, I just wanted to let everybody know I really do believe that the DNC purposely put this guy, you know, put a Arabic of father course. of a... Of a, course of, of, they of, did. Are they you knew, kidding? They knew they would get him into some sort of... Oh, please. Of course they did. Yeah. Everyone that steps foot on any convention <laughs> stage yeah. is, is used. <laughs> yeah. They had a, a, a handicapped girl come out. She was The being, little old lady... Oh, yes. She was being used for the fact that, you know, she has a disability. They put yeah. a transgendered girl. I mean, they do it They do it for publicity, for good publicity. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it's nice to give those people a stage, and it's nice to, like, have that be the message. I'm just and, saying they— the message is all calculated. I'm just saying they specifically knew they could get yeah. Donald Trump. They said he likes he likes war heroes, yeah. but he doesn't like Muslims. Muslims. <laughs> Let's put them together and see what comes out. Okay, yeah. so this guy, Khazir Khan, is the father of this—, this uh, this man who died, he was uh, stationed guarding his post. A car pulled up, moving quite fast. He told all of his people he was in charge with to move away and get back. He ran towards the car to inspect it. The car exploded. He died. Um, so Kazir Khan and his wife are gold star, gold met, gold star parents. That's what they're called when your when your child dies uh, in duty. Um, he went on stage. He gave a extremely moving speech, it was a great speech. where he talked great about speech. the fact that he was a patriotic 
American Muslim. Um, and then he had this sort of what will go down in history as being an iconic moment where he pulls out his pocket uh, U.S. Constitution, yes. tells Don, asks Donald Trump if he's ever read it, says that he can borrow his. And they went, they went up in yeah, they sales. Are, they're like bestsellers. Pocket-sized constitutions. Um, <laughs> the wife didn't say anything, and that Donald Trump jumped on that, but apparently the wife doesn't talk often because she is overcome with grief because her child died in an extremely violent and horrible manner. Now, um, Donald Trump then... <laughs> comes out with a statement. He would, just, just so everybody's clear, he was yeah. trying to relate that in Muslim culture, women don't have oh, yeah. rights. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's why what, he kept bringing up of course. she wasn't speaking. Oh, I don't know maybe, why she wasn't speaking. Maybe she couldn't yeah, speak. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the speech was beautiful. Kazir Khan's speech was beautiful. Yeah. Moving. Also, by the way, I learned no teleprompter. He did it off the top of his head. Wow. Which is insane. And it was extremely eloquent and very beautiful. And the whole thing was about the fact that you can be a Muslim and love America. I mean, the, duh. But Which that's I, what the whole I, thing I, was yeah, about. It shouldn't have to be said. Of course, Jesus But Christ. that's what it was about. So Donald Trump comes out with a statement part of which reads, while I feel deeply for the loss of his son, Mr. Khan, who has never met me, has no right to stand in front of millions of people and claim I have never read the Constitution, which is false, and say many other inaccurate things. To say the man has no right indicates that you have never read the Constitution. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Okay, so then it goes on. It goes on and on. It's still happening. I was watching Khazir Khan on CNN last night with Don, no, with Anderson Cooper. And there was a moment yesterday at some rally where a vet come, went up to Donald Trump and gave Donald Trump his purple heart. And Donald Trump took it and then went up on stage and said, oh, you know, I've always wanted a purple heart and like, this is much easier way of getting it, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Kazir Khan goes on CNN last night to say what a disgrace that is and what Donald Trump should have done is have pinned the purple heart back onto this man. Yeah. Which is exactly what he should have done if he was a gracious, loving man, which he is not. Now, the I think that this, I am so reluctant to say this because I have said this many, many, many times and it has never been the case. Mm -hmm. This may be the thing that does Donald Trump in. This I, is I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay, yeah. because there is a lot, there's a lot going <laughs> on, Okay. Uh, he's now shying away from endorsing Republican Party members who have criticized him over this. Scandal. Oh, you're talking about the overall interview in general. Okay. That, yeah. No, that, I'm saying that, like, I think that this scandal, like the Kazir Khan, the Kazir Khan scandal. I don't think so. But I think the, the endorsement thing, thing is more is bigger. Yeah. I think okay. It's so bigger. here's from the New York Times. Donald J. Trump's unabashed and continuing hostility towards the parents of a slain Muslim American soldier and his attacks on Republican leaders who have rebuked him for it threaten to shatter his uneasy alliance with the Republican Party at the outset of the general election campaign. Mm -hmm. Ignoring the pleas of his advisors, uh, blah, 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 he told a Virginia television station that he had no regrets about his clash with Kazir, the parents of an army captain killed in Iraq, and in an extraordinarily provocative interview with the Washington Post, Mr. Trump declined to endorse for re-election several Republicans who had criticized him, including the House Speaker Paul D. Ryan of Wisconsin and Senator John McCain of Arizona, who both both face primaries this month. Meanwhile, Mike Pence has endorsed Paul Ryan. Well, Mike Pence also endorsed Ted Cruz before yeah. Donald Trump. So, but I think that I think that I think that it is a bipartisan issue to attack this family. 
I think people are finally. Oh, yeah. I think people are more outraged about this than they have been about any of his other, in you know, moments. I mean, outbursts. I mean, yeah, that's the only reason. The only reason why I said, in no way do I think the Republican uh, endorsing people on the Republican side is any way bigger than insulting the families of you know right. of fallen soldiers but the reason why i said it was i think it will be more damaging is because mm-hmm. i think a lot more people care on the republican side not overall as right. a country but on the republican side uh about the way the Demo- the way republican party moves forward and how it builds and grows sure. than muslim soldiers I, sure. it's, it's but a horrible I, thing to say no, but no, i no, really no. do believe that, it, that, that that's what they that, think that may be so but i think that that's all i think that you and i are actually saying the same thing because mm-hmm. it's all part of one interview and all part of one interview and all part of one chaotic yeah, moment for him definitely um in other words like you know he's had moments where he's talked about the size of his penis at debates or well, yeah, talked about women about, bleeding out of their vaginas. What about the time he criticized the Pope? What about, yes, the, what exactly. about the time where he big upped Saddam Hussein? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that's why I'm saying this whole thing, it's not surprising to me. That's why I'm, we don't have to keep going over that. This is wrong. This man is a horrible person. He's terrible. Horrible. And I, and, but my point is that you're right. People are, people, not just the, not just smart citizens who are thoughtful and empathetic are realizing he's terrible, but people who have, have stood by him yeah. are now realizing he's terrible. I saw on the way over here, my phone is over there, but I would pull it up. I saw on the way over here that um, that Newt Gingrich said today that Donald Trump is unacceptable and yeah. that he's unfit to be the president. Oh, these guys. And his, whole these... Thing, his whole thing was like, we have two candidates who are completely unacceptable. Yeah. And he was basically, he was like, Donald Trump is making Hillary look more acceptable, mm-hmm. which he is. Frankly, <laughs> see the, the the only thing is, is 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 that all these guys have lost control of their constituency. So right. everything that they're saying, New Greengridge, cool. New Greengridge has been leading this Republican Party way longer than Trump, but Trump's got it right now. So yeah, he's gotten more votes than anybody in history of the Republican <laughs> primaries. It's insane. So you know, uh, and I know Paul Ryan is furious because this yes. guy is this guy's looking towards. The presidency in the future. Oh, this yeah. guy's a young guy. Yeah. He's been playing it smart. He yeah. didn't want to endorse Trump right away. And he said the same exact thing to Paul Ryan that Paul Ryan said about Trump's endorsement. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. God, this guy. This guy. Oh um, I saw also that uh, NBC News is reporting that top Trump allies are planning an intervention after a disastrous 48 hours. Oh, my God. Um, it, and this was great. They listed off. I'm going to read these because this is so fabulous. They listed off what has happened, what he's done and what has happened in the last 48 hours. So in a Washington Post interview, Trump declined to endorse House Speaker Paul Ryan against his primary challenger. He reiterated that he hasn't endorsed Senator John McCain and said the one-time prisoner of war has not done a good job for the vets. Uh, He slapped out at Republican Senator Kelly Ayotte. Ayotte? I have no clue. Saying she has given me zero support. He suggested that Americans should pull their 401k funds out of the stock market. He said he's always wanted to receive a Purple Heart, but that having one gifted to him by a supporter was much easier. He said that the handling of sexual harassment has got to be up to the individual. He accused Khazir Khan of being bothered by his plan to keep terrorists out of the country and said that he has no regrets about his clash with the family. He appeared to feud with a crying baby during a rally, uh, which, by the way, I watched that. And what happened was that there was this bizarre moment where he was like, 
he was like, oh, the baby's crying. I love babies. Like, believe me, I yeah. love babies and babies <laughs> love me. Like, yeah. I hear that crying baby and I love that crying baby. Yeah. And then 30 seconds later, he was like, I was just kidding about that baby. Like, get yeah, that, get that exactly. baby out. Get that baby out of here. Um, he reiterated that if the election is rigged, I would not be surprised. Uh, the sitting <laughs> president of the United States publicly called Trump unfit to serve and urged Republicans to withdraw their support for him. Trump spokeswoman Katrina Pearson suggested that Obama and Clinton are to blame for the death of... God, why can't I say his name? Of Kazir Khan's son, yeah. who died <laughs> in 2004 when neither of them were in the executive branch at the time. Uh, an ally of Paul Manafort, who is Trump's campaign manager, told our colleague, NBC News's colleague, uh, John Harwood, at CNBC that the campaign chairman is mailing it in, leaving the rest of the staff suicidal. Sitting GOP Congressman Richard Hanna, uh, HP head Meg Whitman, and former Christie aide Maria Comella all said they plan to vote for Hillary Clinton. Uh, the Washington Post released a transcript of its full interview with Trump indicating, among other things, that he paused five times to watch TV coverage in the middle of the sit-down. And a GOP source told NBC that Rents Priebus is apoplectic over Trump's refusal to endorse Ryan and is making calls to the campaign to express his extreme displeasure. Jesus that's a Christ. that's a bad couple of days. So for all of I know oh it's <laughs> so for all of these reasons, apparently top uh, allies are planning intervention to reboot his campaign and steer it into a into a, a better direction or a more productive direction. Because let me say this, if you had asked, I was going to end with this today, but it doesn't matter. We can talk about it now. If you had asked me a week and a half ago, not even if you'd asked me a week ago uh, after having been to the RNC and the DNC, who was going to win in November? And in fact, you did ask me and I did tell you this. I would have said 100 percent Donald Trump was going to win. I mean, I really, really, really felt that way. This, the last 48 hours have have changed my mind. And apparently now Clinton has a 69% chance of winning in November. November's a long way away. 69% chance, do you know with who? Of of winning the general no, election. No, I'm saying, do you know who, who said that? Because mm, I, because, because. I can find it. Because Nate Silver, because Nate Silver had her at originally, Nate Silver is the most trusted yep. man in polling politics yep. and whatever. I actually don't even think he's that great, but he <laughs> is the most trusted name. And uh, he originally gave Hillary Clinton in the mid 80s percent chance and it slowly has been gone down. down so even the 60s is a Low. big drop from the 80s yeah. you know the, he said there was no chance and then he recently came out on twitter and said this race is extremely close so i mean i i i actually do think it's extremely close it their is. their um their post convention polls sh gave her a bump they, both of them it gave them both a bump uh yeah definitely gave her a bump but uh, She's leading in both Ohio and in Pennsylvania. Great. That's what I saw. Yeah, great. Those are I, good states to win. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm a big fan of of giving these polls right now, and I throw that in, you know, especially Clinton supporters' yeah. face all the time. But I would say on record to wait until the first debate. Sure. The first debate is going to be the most important for these polls. Which is in Long Island. Matter. Is it in Long Island? Yeah. They love Trump in Long Island. I know. Here's the thing. Um, I have this theory that Donald Trump is not going to show up to any of the debates. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. He's already talking about that he might not. He he might not 
accept, I don't even know what yeah. the right wording was, but accept the presidency if he wins this I guy know. is a lunatic. He's I a lunatic. Even... No, I, I I sort of think that he he knows that that on a stage with seven other people, he can sort of twist and turn exactly. and blah blah blah. Yes. But I think he one on one. I think he's frightened to go against Hillary Clinton one on one. And I think that he will I think one of two things. I think that he will use He's already doing it using the fact that they're scheduled at the same time as NFL games. He's using that to say, you know, this is outrageous. It's rigged. My people aren't going to watch because they're going to be watching NFL games, yada, yada, yada. And I also think that he will, I think that he will, um, how do I put this? If Gary Johnson does not poll high enough to get on the debate stage, I think that Donald Trump will manipulate that into saying this is see the election is rigged i'm not going to participate in this yada 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 this is more of hillary clinton dominating the yada 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 i mean i think that he will find a way to sneak his way out of having to debate i wouldn't put it past him yeah he's already not showed up to debates in the past exactly so i i mean i really wouldn't put it past him but you know at the end of the day i think he will have Have to debate her and i and you know like i said i think uh, the strongest point that Donald Trump has, mm. and again, the only reason why I can never get a bo- uh, get on board with him, and the only reason why I'm actually involved in the presidential election, usually I'm involved in thinking about more of Congress and Senate. Right. They, they right. actually make more decisions than the president. Yeah. But the reason why I got so involved in the, president's, the presidential election is because rhetoric does mean something nowadays. Totally. And people are following what other people are saying, especially in the day of social media and sound clips and sound bites and things, whatever. So... Um, so I do think that Trump does have um, I do think that Trump is important to the situation of that rhetoric is real. His rhetoric is really, really bad. And yeah, it it's be, dangerous it, and it needs to be stopped. So I do think that Trump does need to uh, address those situations. And I think the only thing that he could really say at the end of the day yeah. is that I have said things. Hillary has done things. Yeah, there's two very different things. So he could, and I, and like I just prefaced that whole thing before on the tantrum of that rhetoric does mean something. Mm. But he could lay it out very tangibly on the table that I have only said things. She has actually done things that have affected human lives. Yeah, and that I mean that worries me. That worries me because it's it's not a bad uh, tactic from him it's the first tactic that i thought of yeah and i can only imagine what the people in his ear are saying so what do you think about third party candidates then uh i am supporting jill stein i do think that i don't think that jill stein is the best person to handle the situations because she's an anti because she's an anti-vaxxer vaxxer is one thing we also uh were discussing before how she uh um doesn't there's a there is an old video i don't know if she's changed her view it was in the last couple of years though i think it was in 2012 2013 where she did say that she doesn't want wi-fi in schools <laughs> she thinks that kids and looking at screens hurt their brains i don't know <laughs> i you know she was a doctor but i don't know what chiropractor but i don't know what uh you know medical information that she has related None. to that because she's theory. an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I will say that um, I do. the only reason why I am voting for Jill Stein, though, is is to help the Green Party because I doubt she's going to be the next candidate of the Green Party in the next four years. This is her second time running under the Green Party. I think uh, I just want to see what another party does because so, I don't think the two-party system is good. In England, they have like eight. Nine, yeah. Like- so if you, if you lived in 
Ohio, would you still vote third party? No, absolutely okay. not. If if you're if you are in a swing state, Ohio, especially Florida, yeah, stop it. If you're, stop if you're, it. If you're if you're in Florida, Ohio, even Pennsylvania, vote for Hillary Democrat. Clinton. <laughs> yeah, vote for Hillary Clinton because because it's not only just about the fact that Trump's going to be elected. I really uh, could care less, honestly, about Trump being elected as I care more about that the Supreme Court yeah. will be filled with his seat. doesn't seem like they're going to get... Uh, Obama's guy. Garland, yeah, mm-hmm. Garland into um, the Supreme Court. And so whoever the candidate, whoever the president is going to be next year will be will pick the ninth justice. Mm-hmm. And it's not only that, the Senate and the House are Republican control too. Right. Hopefully we get it back we get it back. Hopefully the yeah. Democrats get it back, yeah. uh, you know, this year. But if they don't, then it's going to be the House. This right. Year. You know, it's like. <sighs> yeah, because, you know, I was on um, Facebook last week mm-hmm. and I, I came across this status. Um, I won't say who wrote it, but well, it was a former employer of mine. Somebody I used to work for. Uh, I used to work for he and his wife and they're good, nice people and blah, blah, blah. He had some status about, it was like, this is what white privilege is. And then he listed all these things. It's like, white privilege is voting for Donald Trump, not voting for Hillary Clinton, uh, voting for a third party candidate, you know, voting for Jill Stein, voting for Gary Johnson. And I wrote back and I was offended by that. And I wrote back and I said, well, isn't it actually just a uniquely, well, maybe not uniquely, but isn't it a fabulous American privilege that I can cast my vote for whoever the fuck I want to cast my yeah, vote you for. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. Um, and I got into a lot of trouble. People were people I'd never met were ripping me apart, yeah. ripping me apart, yeah. and they were like, "You, I can't understand how what your values are as a woman, and you must be some." privileged little white girl this and that and mm-hmm. oh it's so easy for you in your ivory tower and mm-hmm. blah 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 um which i really resent because mm-hmm. i think that i think that if first of all i've heard so many i've heard so many people say how frustrated they are that they that they feel that they're held hostage by the two-party system yeah definitely. and and that and that if they could, they would vote third party, but they are compelled to not vote third party so that they keep Donald Trump that's, out well, of the office. That's why I'm voting for Jill Stein. Just, <laughs> I, I don't think I made that clear before, but if she gets 5% of the vote, she will... Right. Uh, if, if, the if Green party, party gets 5% of the vote, they get federal funding. Right. So... And I, but, but I think I'm very bad at articulating exactly what I mean here because what I mean is that if... If the frustration is about the two-party system, and if indeed people are looking for other opinions and positions and politicians, there are two other choices. You can, and that's why I asked you whether or not if you lived in a swing state you would vote, and I'm if you would vote third party. And I don't know the answer to that for me because I think that I would feel a, a little bit more responsible to sort of to make a decision that that would af- would affect things in a bigger way except that my problem is that like i i support gary johnson and my my thing is like i i think i would vote for gary johnson regardless i mean if, if it was not trump and it was not hillary i would still vote for gary johnson the problem with third party stuff is it seems to me that like that 
they're so doomed because it's the two-party system is so ingrained in our culture that in order for somebody like Gary Johnson to get elected or in order for somebody like Bernie Sanders to get elected, they had to have done what they tried to do, which is infiltrate a pre-existing party. Let's make clear from, that from the inside. Bernie was a lot more successful in infiltrating parties than Gary Johnson. Yes. No, of course, Gary, <laughs> but Gary Johnson didn't try. That's yeah, the point. Yeah. If Gary jo- Gary Johnson should have wasn't independent before. Yeah, and Gary Johnson should have ran as a Republican. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think he would have had a great shot. I think he would have had a great shot too because he is socially progressive and liberal, which is refreshing. The problem that I have with Gary Johnson though is is he's that, goofy. He wears <laughs> jeans. No, it's not only that. Let me just say this. Yeah, we both we both saw the Libertarian Party uh, convention and it was insanity i don't even want to get into like how crazy their theories were and things like that but but regardless of anything of that um the the thing that gary johnson alarms me about is is that he'll say things like i support gay marriage and i uh you know support uh okay let's just just yeah okay gay marriage and pro-choice and then he'll start talking about but the states have to decide and everything. And so that's kind of, to me, saying I support it, but if I get elected, I'll have nothing to do with that decision. Mm-hmm. And so to me... That is the libertarian philosophy. Well, that's the Republican thing, too, is is that small government states yeah. decide because they know they're not going to get all the states to decide that, so they know the states that are right-wing. But and, I also think the know. ideology behind that is that is that limited government serves the people better. Listen, I, I, yeah. am, I am absolutely for... Uh, small government sure. absolutely for it but when you're discussing issues of um, transgender and yeah, you know equality in marriage and you know pro-choice these are still discussions going on mm-hmm. so if you say that and then say well it's up to the states that's basically the Republican uh, it's a slippery slope it's a slippery slope though because you're like where then where does like where does where does it end you know, oh, exactly. you see what I so mean? That's, like, that's why I said I it's do. It's a nuanced problem. Of course. Or a nuanced conversation. It's not a problem. Of you know course. what I mean? Small government is, but, you know. Uh, or the or in, or the or the uh, the ever extending reach of the federal government. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's why I'm saying I don't think that um, I don't think that the federal government should control everything involved sure. in citizens lives in this country. But I do think that certain things like pro choice. Yeah gay marriage, all those other things, those should be off the table. Those aren't up for discussion. Well, speaking of pro-choice, I'm going to end with an anecdote. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, in Philly, went to a Planned Parenthood party, which I snuck into, um, and I wrote about this uh, on... The Barefoot Girl. Yeah, I wrote about this for... Well, the Barefoot Girl was good. I wrote about this for Vice um, in my piece about the DNC, where I mentioned that literally, if you walk into one of these convention parties and just pretend like you're supposed to be there nobody stops you yeah. i mean i i'm not media i'm not hired by vice and i was like yeah i'm i'm media i'm with um with vice and they were like oh like just check in with this person with the ipad and i was like okay and then i just didn't and yeah. walked in Definitely. um but there were all these pro-life protesters outside with these massive billboards that had huge images of aborted fetuses on them and these people are fucking cunts and i don't understand how women can can be, I mean, all of the people holding it were women, which I just don't understand. It's like, what do planet do you live on? I know. I just don't understand it. So anyway, 
Long story short, left the party. I did see a barefoot girl in the bathroom. She was disgusting. It's like couldn't believe it. And then I saw her outside again. She didn't have any shoes on then either. But I um, I went back outside and, you know, decided I had to take photos with these pro-lifers. So I did. I took a bunch of photos and they were not happy with me. And I put one on Instagram. And I got bullied by pro-life people on Instagram. I, th- I got like 700 likes on this photo. And like... 500 comments people being like fuck you and like you're gonna go to hell and then there was this one kid who I learned was a kid his name's Matthew (laughs) who uh not only commented on that photo but went through like weeks of my photos and commented on all of them and they were very very I mean it was funny I I really don't care like I'm not butthurt about getting (laughs) cyberbullied of course tougher than that but um he had a blocked Instagram page, so my friend Catherine requested to follow him, and he accepted. And turns out he's, like, literally 11. Wow. Like an 11-year-old boy bullying me Kids on the are internet. more involved in these issues, you know? I guess so. It's like, you know what, Matthew? You're going to knock up a girl when she's 17. Jesus. And she's going to keep it, and your life's going to be over. So yeah, I don't... the message of this podcast is, fuck you, Michael. I'm going to send <laughs> this to him. I'm Like, my objective in life now or not my objective, my, my purpose now is to find him and sit down with him. You should just give him a, sh- you, you should tell him you're, 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 uh, had a shout out in yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to. I should follow him. End, so to I'm going to tag him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, you know, normally things are a bit funnier on here, but this is. You know, not funny stuff. The pleasure is all mine. (laughs) Politics are not funny. No. I want to let everybody know that (laughs) you can make jokes about Donald Trump, but in terms of the issues and the policies, they are very important. Believe me. Believe me. All right. Until next week. Adios. Adios.